welcome to the Speak by Design podcast, where we study great speakers and great leaders. We study their style, structure, and strategy so you can become a consistently compelling force at work and in life. I'm Stephanie Bickle, your host. Leadership communication tip number three, visual leadership. What is visual leadership? It is how you communicate through the eye to people. And the purpose of visual leadership to the communication topic is it's one of the easiest ways to immediately see impact. You could start dressing differently right now. You could lift your posture, change your movement, use your face differently right now. It's low-hanging fruit for modification. It's the quickest way to signal to people that something is changing. People will start to see by the the changes in you physically that you must be invited to more executive level meetings and you're getting in front of larger, more formal crowds more regularly. It also pulls people eye toward you, so they're more likely to listen to what you have to say. They're more likely to invite you into a discussion. So how you look can pull attention really quickly, and we've seen people do that in a way that's very dramatic, but it doesn't doesn't have to be dramatic. You can pull people toward you and then delight them with your credible response and the depth of your knowledge and the bold question that you ask. But being able to pull the eye and knowing how to do that with your body, your face, your gestures, your clothing, your slides, the objects you hold in your hand, all of that is visual leadership. And this topic is often a huge blind spot for people. Why is it a blind spot? Because people will not tell you that this is what is holding you back. It's not appropriate from a company perspective. HR and companies could get in a lot of trouble for giving you advice on how your body moves, how your face moves. This seems completely inappropriate. And that is why we never touch this topic in a group setting. It is only one-on-one for the most senior leader. So think of somebody who's at a VP level and is getting ready to go to an SVP level, someone who is in the window for being designated as the new public company CEO. You better believe that visual leadership is is going to be one of the top uh, aspects of their coaching program. It's going to be one of the most important things that they focus on because their image is going to be displayed in magazines. They're going to walk into a room and represent their company and the brand of the company. In this lesson, we will focus on the eight aspects of visual leadership. And then in our next episode, we will focus on what is it to develop a personal brand and then match that to your image. And we'll focus more acutely on the how you dress piece. Are you ready to hear the eight elements of visual leadership? Here they are. Number one, your posture. Number two, gesture. Number three, eye contact. Number four, movement. Number five, facial expressions. Number six, image. Number seven, objects. And that is the items that you bring into a space around you. 
If you are meeting with people virtually through Zoom and Teams, you will have objects behind you on your desk that become visible in the screen. Those are affecting your visual leadership. And then finally, the last element is the visual design you use on your materials. And we'll go into that further. All right, without further ado, let's start with number one, posture. As you listen to this, take inventory of what you're doing right now, even as you're listening. Can you puff up your chest like a superhero? You've seen those superhero movies where the normal everyday average person turns into (laughs) the superhuman. Their chest always gets larger. It doesn't matter what size human they are. It's like the heart is leading the body. So can you sit in a way where your chest, if you were walking into a wall, your chest would hit the wall first. And that is very important because it shows pride. It shows to the eye that there is great confidence in this person. Because when people are not confident, what do they do? They curve their shoulders in. So we want to do the opposite and pull those shoulders back. Now, don't pull them back in a way that it's going to cause you back pain. It looks artificial or concocted. We want it to appear as though you are leading from your heart. So the next time you go into a meeting, and let's say people are beginning with a round of introductions, see if you can demonstrate this lead from the heart posture Put your head in a neutral position so it's not tilting to the left or to the right. And check your chin position. We don't want to be chin down. We want to keep our chin level. And if anything, if you're wanting to show more confidence, even a slight lift up of the chin, just a degree, will make you look very full of pride and excitement. It demonstrates that you feel successful. We know that emotions are contagious. They will feel successful as well. Let's move on to gesture. Gestures are incredibly helpful to the leader because it's another way for you to convey emotion and grab attention toward the idea and shape it in a way that makes people want to keep listening because they're intrigued by your hand movements. So people who don't use gesture at all are missing out on another way that they could create meaning and build trust for audiences. So what types of gestures build trust with audiences? Gestures that end. So if the gesture never ends, people are left in this swirling confusion type state. The gesture must end and get released. Because if the gesture's happening over and over again, let's imagine you're using the karate chop and you're karate chopping over and over and over again, that no longer is helping your audience maintain attention and focus on you because it's not changing. It's too predictable. It's too consistent. And because there's so much of it, it might start to look like you're incredibly authoritative and you're becoming more of a dictator visually to them. We need some open palm gesture. We need some key point gesture, maybe a pincer, maybe a heart touch. There are so many good gestures that you can choose from. Make sure they end and get released. 
and make sure they match with the topic you're covering. So if you're covering something really kind and compassionate, we don't need a fist. One more tip on gesture. If one of your goals is to improve your voice, try using more gesture. We have found that when people use more gesture, their voice naturally has more variety. There are so many people who do not trust their hands. And so they will keep their hands still, they'll clench them, they'll put them behind their back. And then what happens is that energy that would have gone into your hands goes into tapping your foot or pacing the room. We can tell when the speaker does not trust their body. And it looks really awkward to us. And that's what, as a leader, you want to make sure you look supremely comfortable with your body, that you trust your hand movements, that you're not performing. This is all incredibly natural to you, which is why mirror work is very helpful. Let's suppose you're getting ready for an important meeting you have that day, and you're at home, you're getting ready. In your mind, or out loud is even better, practice your opening for that meeting and use gesture and watch your movements and keep coaching yourself to say, this is natural, this feels great to use gesture. And with you being able to give yourself real-time feedback inside your head, (laughs) in front of the mirror, you're going to be better for that meeting. And I imagine that the other thing that will surprise you is you sound more confident too, because the body movement helps the voice be more expressive. Number three, eye contact. Even virtually, we can tell when somebody is watching their monitor versus the audience. And so virtually, you can still give meaningful eye contact to the video and you don't have to stare directly into the camera lens. That looks great for recordings, but if you are in a live discussion and you're talking to Mary, you can say Mary and look at her square on the screen and speak directly to her without looking around, without checking your second monitor. It's those behaviors where when you look away from the screen or when you look like you're doing math in your mind, that's when people start to wonder what is going through your head. And that is what makes the audience wonder, what is distracting him? Why don't I have his full attention? If I don't have his full attention, I don't have to give my full attention. That's an unconscious agreement that starts to be made. If they're not focused, I don't need to be focused, says the audience to themselves. And they start to wonder, are you really committed? Are you really fully accountable? Are you clear on what you're talking about? So for the leader, you cannot be distracted. When an associate comes to you that you don't know all that well and says, I need some help, or I have a question for you, You want to be able to give your full eye contact to them and not look around, even if other people are walking by, showing that you are listening. This is how we show our focus and we show where our attention is. It's by our eyes. Now, even more advanced for the leader is to learn how to focus on one eyeball, 
not the forehead, not both eyes, not grazing the audience, but really burrowing into one eyeball. (laughs) And I know that sounds so piercing and really intense. Every leader needs to know how to make intense eye contact. And you can do it in a very compassionate, appreciative way. You can also do it in an intimidating way. You get to decide what your intention is with that eye contact, but it's the eyes that show your focus. Fourth aspect is movement. How you move, the pace of your movement, the weight of your movement, the direction of your movement. Imagine you're coming late to a meeting. Everyone is seated. They're already in discussion. You open the door and you run to your chair. That has already said so much about you and you haven't said a word. Now imagine that you open that door and you slowly walk to your chair. You slowly pull the chair back. You gingerly sit down and you smile at everyone and you pull yourself close to the table and you give a big toothy smile. Very different entrance. Which do you want for that topic, for those people, for that day? You get to decide. Your movement is not the same all the time. You don't want it to be all the same, but your movement speaks to who you are, how you handle pressure, how you feel about other people. When a speaker is on stage and they're pacing back and forth aggressively, That says something. My husband and I were a member of the economic club in our city. And John and I would go to these events and we got to see so many great speakers. And I heard Magic Johnson once and I loved the way he worked a room. And I have borrowed this concept and I'm sharing it with all of you. He spoke for 10 minutes. He had a whole hour with us, but he spoke for 10 minutes And then he jumped off the stage and he did look great jumping off that stage, which not everybody can do. I don't know if he jumped, maybe he walked down the stairs, but to me, it felt like he leapt into the audience. And then he started working the room and he came directly up to tables and he touched someone on the shoulder and they'd stand up and they'd have a conversation with him. He'd take a publicity shot and then he'd move to the next table. It was such a great idea of how to use the space. And the result was that he made us feel like we were all friends and we were in a living room together or we were on the same team versus when the speaker is standing apart from you at a podium looking down at paper. So movement is another way that you can stir up the energy. Even the proximity you use with your audience is going to change the dynamic in the room. And movement is another lever. And sometimes you do want distance. And sometimes you do want want intimacy with your audience. All right, now your face. Facial expressions. I have found that through these COVID years and just post pandemic, because I am on video so much, I watch my face more. And I have gotten so much better at controlling it and unleashing it. And I hope the same is happening to all of you. Even as much as people say, oh, I cannot stand to look at myself, please embrace that. Please embrace watching yourself because now you'll know 
when you give a death stare, when you look angry unconsciously. I just delivered a group training to people and everyone in the room was smiling or had a neutral listening facial expression except for one person. And it happened to be the person that I knew the best in the room. And he was scowling. He looked so dissatisfied with what I was saying. And it was very distracting to me because he's my friend. And I kept wanting to stop the training and say, what are you thinking? Alex, what are what is going through your mind? But as the speaker, so this is a couple of lessons here. As the speaker, I had to control myself and say, that is his listening face. That's how he listens. He's not angry. So immediately the speaker needs to manage that. So if you're the leader and you have one of your direct reports, who's maybe your best friend at work, looks angry, you have to say that means nothing and move on. Other times in a small room, maybe you could stop and say, Alex, what are you thinking? And and open it up for discussion. And then Alex will be more mindful of his face as well. But you as the leader, you're probably doing that to other people at times where you're not managing your facial expression. So we want to have a pure delight facial expression. I always think of John Maxwell. If you don't know who that is, just put his name into Google and look at him smile. Even in a snapshot, you can feel that person's joy. You want to have that big toothy, I've never been happier in my life facial expression that maybe you don't use every meeting, but you save it for those moments where you need to show pure celebration, joy, happiness, excitement, uh, the feeling of success. You want to convey that, you've got to have that facial expression. So people who never give a toothy smile, you're missing out on a terrific tool you have. But we also need to be able to look dissatisfied. And that dissatisfied look is what can stop a discussion from getting off track. It's the subtle, critical eye that you can give a team member where they know, oh, they don't like this idea. And it doesn't need to be heavy. It doesn't need to be so intense. Just a little, just a flash, a a one-second change in your expression in your eyebrows can help the whole room know that they need to slow down this decision, that we're not ready yet. Your face is so powerful to you. All right, so going through the last three, because we will be spending more time on these in the next lesson. This is your image, your objects, and your slides or any visual design you're using. We want these to match with who you are. So you can work on this a couple of different ways. But one of my favorite is thinking about who you want to be. So this is why personal brand as a topic is so important to all of us. How do you want your image to help people understand your personality faster? We make a lot of assumptions about people based upon how they look. Did they wear a t-shirt to work and flip-flops? Did they wear a suit with a Gucci watch What degree of formality and elegance do you need that will help you, that will help you build trust? And there is a tipping point. You can be too Gucci, and it's a turnoff for audiences. All right, so that's image. For objects, take inventory of your desk. Is it cluttered? 
Do you have papers disorganized everywhere? Do you have pictures of your family so that you're inviting personal conversations? Is there a comfortable space for people to come in and sit? Or is there not a comfortable place because you do not want people to sit down and get too comfortable in your office? Your space is speaking volumes about what you want in interaction with people. When you go to somebody's cubicle and there are no photos, they do not want to. I would perceive that they do not want to bring their personal life into the workplace. When you come into someone's space and there's artwork from their children and there's a picture of their dog and their cat and they have a a little coffee station or a tea station in their space, they want interaction. They want to get to know their coworkers as people. Now for your slide design, I know there are parameters that you have to follow from your communications team But where can you break the rules just a hair in meetings to make an idea stand out? Always look for what you could do that could be a creative slant in your visuals, in your signature block that will cause people to slow down and listen better to you. When you are taking full advantage of all of these elements, you have great visual leadership. Visual leadership is the way you create more meaning in your change efforts at work. It's how you get people to listen to very complicated ideas because they're so visually stimulated by watching you, by looking at you. And then the other thing that this does for us as leaders is it helps you create trust faster with audiences. If somebody comes into a meeting that you've never met before and their shoulders are curved in, their gestures are scattered, they can't make eye contact, they're moving in a frantic, frenzied way, and they look incredibly uncomfortable in their face, and their clothing is disheveled, it doesn't fit, it's not current, It looks haphazard. It looks like they rolled out of bed and did not even brush their hair. All of that makes you not that interested to listen to their recommendations. Now that's at an extreme. You might be doing a little of these things unconsciously. And that is where you need a trusted friend to tell you there is a way to build trust faster by having better visual leadership. And that's the way to say it to yourself and to others and to be a great coach on this very sensitive topic. All right, that's a lot to to think about, but it's many things that are within your grasp to change this week. I encourage you to put as many changes in place as fast as you can so you can feel the immediate impact of this. It's fast. It does not take long to change people's perception of you when you have good visual leadership. Make this week all about your visual leadership. What can you change immediately today? What requires a little more thought as you're dressing for your day? How can you use your face to get people more excited about what you're talking about or more concerned 
I can't wait to dig into this further in our next class where we focus on personal brand. Have a splendid day, everyone. If you've ever wanted to become a great speaker, now is the time. Join me at speakbydesign.com forward slash join and join our monthly coaching program where we work on personal style, message structure, and strategies that help you become the obvious choice and help your ideas get heard and create massive action. Hope to see you there.